everybody, and welcome to episode 301 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Ah, thank you, Jeff. And yes, show 301. Wasn't 300 a big show? And- oh, certainly was. And uh, we had a huge competition, Alois, where people had to put the secret code word of spin into uh, our website to go into the draw. And so we're going to be announcing the winner on this show. Yes, uh, Yes, and most of you got it right, so uh, good to, good to see that you're listening to the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a little test, huh? <laughs> that's, that's right, exactly. Right. You you must listen. A couple of people didn't get it right, so they're ineligible, but um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be announcing it live on the show, Alois, um, even though there's a podcast, most people won't listen to it live, but we're going we're gonna to hit the select winners button live on the show. It's exciting for us. Well, as long as it works, Jeff, this is your uh, this is your <laughs> IT reputation on the lot. <laughs> of course, it'll work. No, good, good, good to hear. Uh, yes, and Alice, it's it's the nineteenth of December. It's like really close to Christmas, less than a week. It is. It's yeah. It's uh, you know we say it every year, and every year gets a bit shorter. But yes, it's uh, it's uh, already the nineteenth of December. 2017 almost gone, yeah. but uh, but on this week and we, yeah we we do talk about during um, during the year we've talked a bit about uh, birthdays of uh, the top players and you know you would think that uh, coming this late in the year we wouldn't have too many uh, of the highly ranked players or or legends of table tennis born late in December. Yeah, if you subscribe to that you know relative age theory, but maybe it's a hoax. Well, I found two, and they were reasonable players. <laughs> um, yeah, so one is Wang Tao. So Wang Tao was born on the 13th of December. For those of you that don't know Wang Tao, he, he's a little bit older now. So uh, born in 67, Jeff? 67. Wow, there you go. So fi- 50. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Right on, 50, yeah. 50 years old. Still so Wang Tao. Than alloys. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Uh, so Wang Tao was uh, a left-handed shake-hand player uh, from China that played with uh, normal rubber on the forehand and short pips on his backhand. And he was short pips, was, not very common these days. No, but gee, he played well, and uh, he was one of my favourite players. I remember seeing him play play Kim Tak Su live, and he just absolutely destroyed him. He, he used to destroy penhole players because he used to just stand up at the table and he was just way too fast for them at the time and he used to crunch his left-handed backhand cross court wide to their forehand and then you know really really torment them so did um, you ever his his olympics record he won a a gold in the doubles in barcelona in 92 yep um and then and then world championships he won uh he won a uh two teams gold medals two men's doubles gold medals and three mixed doubles gold medals. Um, and, of course, being a left-hander, um, he, uh, he had a real good doubles record there. But also made the the uh, the uh, semi-final of the singles in 95. Oh, that's, that's very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I'm, I'm choking up about him. Um, but, <laughs> so um, um, he's one of your favourite players. Did you ever um, try short pips on your backhand? I did indeed, yes. Uh, I, I, t- I tried it for a year, 
but my back just wasn't good enough to uh, to play with short pips, unfortunately. Yeah, you got to be really accurate if you're going to be playing flat and fast, and yeah, it is tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But uh, yeah, Wang Tao used to just absolutely crunch his back with short pips. Yeah, 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 indeed. Yep. Choking up still about him, Alice. You need a yeah, bit exactly. cough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> is that better? <clears throat> um, yeah. But but also found another uh, Chinese legend, not Wang Tao, Wang Hao. Ooh. So Wang Wang Hao was born on the fifteenth of December, um, as well in nineteen eighty three. So what does that make him, Jeffrey? Uh, 93, 03, 80, 83, 83, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so so thirty four. Thirty four. Yep, there you go. So thirty four years of age, and I suppose you know, unfortunately, he's best remembered for. Um, losing three Olympic finals, but, you know, <laughs> no, but it's just the way you put it, isn't it? Like if you said he's exactly. like won three silver medals, yeah. and you said that about most players, they'd be like, "That's a fantastic effort." But when you yeah. say like losing three Olympic I know. finals, it's... I know he was an incredible. He was an incredible player, um, and I, I saw the first of his um, gold medal matches in Athens live, and uh, yeah, I mean he was he was still pretty good there. Um, so, yeah, he made the final in uh, Athens, Beijing, and London. But he did he did win a world uh, singles uh, championship, though. So in 2009, he won the world singles championship. So he's uh, definitely no mug and also won um, three World Cup singles and four World Cup teams events. So uh, Yeah, and so- really revolutionized the game with his, with his reverse penhold backhand. Yeah, correct. Is that was that was uh, that was probably his biggest claim to fame. You know, just his his reverse backhand was just, you know, you couldn't actually tell that he was playing penhold when he uh, did that reverse backhand. It was just so smooth and fast. Yeah, yeah, very, very good to watch. Yeah, um, but um, but the, yeah, these two, these two, as I said, you know, born in December, um, and still reaching a very, very, you know, well, the top level in the world in table tennis, but. I, I, I would have to say when you do start to search through um, in December, it does get a little bit more sparse. Okay. There you go. Oh, well, great segment, Alois. Um, I see we elevated that to the top of the show this week just to get people uh, you know, excited to start with. But we're going to ramp it up now into the joke. Well, it's actually jokes of the week. Jokes Alice. of the week. Yeah. Why, why, why is this, Jeff? Why are we having more than one? Is, is are you sort of, you know, um, encouraged by your uh, joke last week where I actually smirked a little bit? Uh, no, it's just, you know, it's it's a Christmas theme and, you know, I want to get quite a few Christmas jokes out there because uh, if I don't, Christmas will be over and it would be weird if I'm telling Christmas jokes in March. Sure, okay. And so I, you're going to get them all Christmas in. Christmas jokes. Okay, great. I'm uh, sure they will be. Are you ready? Of course. What did the cow say on Christmas morning? I don't know, Jeffrey. Mooey Christmas! (laughs) Uh, Do they get better? Of course. Alois, what was the library... They need to. (laughs) What was the librarian's favourite Christmas song? Uh, No idea, Jeff. Silent Night. 
It's a library. It's quiet. Silent night. All right, now you get a. Well, you got light. one. You got one more chance, Jeff. All right. Now I know why you. No, now I know why you've gone for three. <laughs> Third time lucky. Why did Santa's little helper feel depressed? Uh, don't know, Jeff. Why did Santa's little helper feel depressed? He had low elf esteem. <laughs> yeah. I, I did. I did smirk, and uh, as 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 we know, like you know, if you if you scatter scatter enough uh, bullets, you're going to hit something eventually. So yeah, well done, Jeff. <laughs> All right, let let's ramp this show up another level, Alloys. Let's announce the competition winners. Woohoo! All right, now you, you'll have to uh, tell me what to do here, Jeff. So. Do I need to go to the... Or you, are you going to press the button or do you want me to press the button? I want you to press it see what happens. Okay, here we go. So I'm on the competition page and uh, we've got a little uh, select winners button here. So here we go. So we had a lot of entries. Dun, 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 dun. Here we go. Select winners. There's five winners. Are you sure you want to select? Yes, I want to select the winners. It's it's working, Jeff. Yeah, your system's working. Okay. Da, 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 da. All right. And there, we've got them. We've got them, Jeff. We've got five winners. Awesome. This there is exciting. This right, is exciting. Now, there was five prizes. Now, we, we should go from the fifth prize, fifth place to the first to build up excitement. But they're, but all... they're all the same prize, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but someone might like, you know, might like to say, hey, I got first. Well, they might. Okay. All right. Well. So, do we go with number five first, do we? Definitely. Number five. All right. Well, number five, and I know this is a guy that listens to the podcast regularly, is Thomas Frick. Congratulations, so, well, Thomas. Well, well done, Thomas Frick. t-shirt on its way to you. Yeah. And number four is Cole Hetzel. Woohoo! Well done, Cole. Number three. Christoph Kazmierski. Woohoo! Well done, Christoph. T shirt coming your way as well. Number two, Gary Jacobs. Yes. Well done. Another Ping Skills t shirt now, Alois. Drum roll. First place, first prize. First, first place, first prize of this, the, the, the Ping Skills t shirt goes to, and our only female winner, Ruth Dittmar. Woohoo! Well done, Ruth. All right, so um, we'll be in touch with you shortly. We'll get your Ping Seals T-shirt on the way. Congratulations. Uh, well done for listening to the show, getting the code word right, and um, I hope you enjoy the T-shirt. Yes, indeed. Well, that well was done. exciting. Now, so what, what do these winners do now, Jeff? Well, I think we should, uh, we should get in touch with them. We'll send them an email and, um, and get the shirt shipped out to them. Excellent. All right. Well, Ping Skills T-shirt coming your way. Lucky winners. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I reckon Jeff needs a prize for for this his system actually working. Good work, Jeff. <laughs> of course it works. <laughs> uh, yes. There you okay. go. So All yeah. Right, so a, now, ra- a random now. randomly generated system where you you have to pick the winner and yeah. I should I should just go through and make sure these guys have actually. Put in the right code word, but yeah, well done. Uh, of course, they have. <laughs> All right, now, um, now it's going to be hard to move on because we've just built the show up to such high levels here, our loss of excitement. 
But um, it's time for the tournament wrap. And there was some pretty exciting table tennis happening uh, recently in the World Tour Grand Finals. Yeah, there certainly was. So uh, World Tour Grand Finals just concluded. And uh, I had the men's singles, women's singles, um, as well as doubles events. Um, and I think we'll, we'll go to the women's singles first. So the women's singles was won by Chen Meng um, against Zhu Yuling in pretty decisive fashion, winning 4-0, 6-3, 6-10 against Zhu Yuling. So she's got a good record against Zhu Yuling now. Yeah. Um, but for me, the uh, the other exciting part was the semi-finalists of Gu Yu Ting from China and Chen Xin Tong. So both these players, young uh, up-and-coming Chinese players who I really like um, it, the look of. So especially Gu Yu Ting, um, for me, has a really nice – uh, style um, and I think is going to be one of the one of the, the big names in table tennis in the future. Um, so Gu Yu Ting beat Ishikawa in the quarterfinal. Chen Meng beat Feng Tian Wei. Um, Chen Jin Tong beat Mima Ito, and Zhu Yu Ling beat um, another of uh, my favourites, Wang Man Yu, uh, another young Chinese player. So in the uh, quarterfinals, um, China had five players. So that is the depth. And uh, and strength of this event, very impressive. So, yeah, and in the men's singles, well, it was it was a big build up uh, during the week, wasn't it? So uh, the um, I suppose the big news to start with for the week was Ovcharov had to beat Koki Niwa to uh, to secure the number one world ranking position in January next year on the new system, and boy, he did it! But he did it from three games to two down. And uh, he ended up winning 4-3 against Koki Niwa in that first round match, and uh, which secured him the, the world uh, number one ranking. And you could tell it was a big build-up for him. It, I mean, it wasn't like he was um, trying to ignore it or anything. Um, it, was, it was well and truly in the front of his mind, um, securing the number one position. And, uh, and it was uh, you know, a big relief, I think, for him uh, when he won that uh, first round match. He's done um, so well these last few months. He's, um, yeah, always had a bit of a question mark over his can he perform under pressure in the big moments. Um, but he, he's really been impressive uh, the last few months. So I think it's a well-deserved uh, number one world ranking. Yeah, certainly certainly is. He's He won the German Open, the World Cup, and now, uh, um, yeah, did well here. So in the uh, in the next round, he also beat Harry Moto, you know, one of our favourites again, the, the youngster. Yeah. Uh, beat him, beat him four three, and then in the semi final, beat Lin Gao Yuan four three from two love down. Um, and <laughs> for Lin Gao Yuan, you know, things just aren't going right for him uh, in those big <laughs> matches. He lost he lost the seventh game twelve ten. So um, so Lin Gao Yuan is 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 due for one, you know. He, we, Famously, during the year, he's uh, he's lost a couple of big matches from 10-4 and 10-5 up in the seventh, um, and this time going down at 12-10 in the seventh to Ovcharov in the semi. Yeah, um, he just needs to win one of these, doesn't he? Get some yeah. confidence in these situations. Yeah. And and he's clearly a, a, an unbelievably good player. Uh, in in his um, quarterfinal, he beat Fang Bo 4-1, um, one of the other Chinese stars. Um some other other notable results. Uh, so Fan Zendong, obviously, um, on the other side of the draw, uh, beat Zhu Xin uh, 4-1 in the quarterfinal in an all 
Chinese quarterfinal. That's and amazing, then, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Dong Zuzing in a quarterfinal. Who would have thought? Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, the other, the other one that uh, that's really performed unbelievably well in the last six months is Timo Boll. So he uh, he beat Yu Yoshima in the first round, then beat beat uh, Wong Chun Tin from Hong Kong um, in the quarterfinals four two, but then ran into Fan Zhendong in the semis, um, and Fan Zhendong uh, prevailed four two in that one. So uh, so Fan Zhendong in the final against Ovcharov, and the final was a cracker. I mean, I watched uh, quite a lot of it. It was 4-0 to Fan Zendong, but Ovcharov was not in any way, shape or form, you know, overpowered. Uh, it was an entertaining final. Um, and, but Fan Zendong, he definitely had something to prove. Um, and I think the Chinese team now, you know, with all the um, publicity of Ovcharov gaining the number one world ranking position as of January, uh, the Chinese team will be out to uh, to really stamp their authority back on world table tennis and Fan Zendong looked so focused in the final and, and the, the level was incredible. I mean, these two guys are standing, you know, toe to toe, and uh, it, it's uh, if you haven't seen it, just you've just got to get on and watch this match, um, of the the final between Ovcharov and Fan Zendong. Just, I mean, it, table tennis is just moving to a in, to a new level each each year. You just think that they can't get any better, don't you? But then all of a sudden, um, the skill just goes up again. Incredible. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is it is really incredible, uh, the level that these guys are playing at now. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and the girls. I mean, Chen Ming, um, for me as well, I mean, this, her speed is just uh, out of this world. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'll just finish off with the other results. So the, the men's doubles uh, went to Japan. Um uh, Masataka Morizono and Yuyo Shima uh, beating uh, Ho Kwan Kit and Won Chun Tin in the final. Um, and in the women's doubles, um, it was a, a good win to uh, Chen Meng and Zhu Yu Ling. You know, I suppose you you sort of expect that. But still, um, they uh, they overcame um, Mima Ito and Hina Hayata in the final. So, so a good win there to uh, to China in the in three out of the four events. Yes. Yes, indeed. There you go. And, um, and interestingly China didn't have a men's doubles um, combination in the in the event. So the players to to qualify for the world um, tour grand finals you had to have played with your partner and had results over the year uh, with that same partner. So um, yeah, so the Chinese men's pairs not qualifying. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, well, now it'll be um, over to the Chinese to see how much uh, they want to get that world ranking, world number one ranking back in the men's alloys. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, a few people are saying, oh, well, the world rankings are no good because, um, you know, Ma Long's clearly the best player in the world. Um, maybe he is, but he hasn't played enough tournaments. So with the new world rankings, and we spoke to Matt Salt um, a couple of shows ago, um, and he explained that the world rankings is based on your best eight results. And Ma Long only played seven events. So he missed out on points from one event. This will mean that 
it will now encourage Marlong to play more events during the year. It'll encourage all of the players to play more events during the year. And that's what we want. We want to see the top players playing at all these events um, and um, new fans out there getting the opportunity to see these players play at more events. I mean, yeah. eight events eight events isn't a huge number to, to play during the year. Um, so that's, that's all they have to do. Um, so I think um, now it'll be over to the Chinese uh, national team, especially the men's, to uh, to get out there, play some more tournaments, and try to arrest that world number one ranking away from Dimi Ovcharov. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, if you want to be number one in the world, you should have to prove that by playing, uh, you know, a lot of tournaments. And so, yeah, I'm all for and, it. Yeah, and also providing, you know, entertainment to... Uh, to the table tennis public out there and playing enough events so that um, we can see we can see them playing. Yeah. And yeah, and we uh, we caught up with uh, Matt Salt yesterday. Matt's uh, living in Singapore, but he was in Melbourne, so we caught up with him yesterday, and that was great. Yeah, it certainly was. Yes, hope uh, he's enjoying his uh, brief visit to Melbourne, to beautiful Melbourne. Some nice sunny weather we put on for him yesterday. <laughs> All right, Alois. That moves us on to the trill of the week. And anyone wondering what a trill is, it is a drill of the week and a tip of the week combined. A trill no. of the week. We are we are great wordsmiths, aren't we? <laughs> oh, um, yes. So, yes, the trill of the week this week is all around um, your fifth ball attack. So I often see players with their fifth ball lifting that fifth ball off the end of the table. So so what a fifth ball attack is, is basically you're serving, trying to get your opponent to push the ball to you or, or give you a, an opportunity to make a topspin on that first ball and then finish the rally with the next ball, with the fifth ball. Now, often... The fifth ball, okay. So you serve is the first ball, then returning yep. is the second, you making a topspin is the third, they block it's the fourth, and then you topspin the fifth one. That's correct, yeah. Got it. And often players get themselves into trouble just making the subtle adjustment between that third ball and the fifth ball. So with the third ball, because you have to lift that ball, because often it's got a bit of backspin on it or it's a bit shorter, then when your opponent blocks the ball back, you have to make the adjustment to come over the top of that fifth ball. And I see a lot of players just not making that adjustment well enough. And so many times you see them lifting that fifth ball off the end of the table. So, Okay, yeah. So it's really, and I guess, you know, you're talking about this being the fifth ball, but really it's any time you sort of transition from a backspin ball and you play a topspin on it and then it's suddenly come back with topspin. And so now, yeah, you're transitioning from backspin to topspin really. Yeah, from countering the backspin to the topspin, correct. And um, yeah, so that that subtle adjustment is is often the difficult one for players. So we're going to practice that this week in our drill of the week. We're just going to practice that simple fifth ball um, attacking drill. So I want you to serve short, get your partner to firstly just push the ball long to your forehand. You make a forehand topspin, get them to block the ball back into your forehand, and then you make another forehand topspin um and trying to play that one a bit faster. So that's that's your fifth ball attack drill. Um, but again, as we talk about, how do we now get this closer to a match situation? So in a match situation, you don't know that the ball's going to come to your forehand. You don't know that the, the, 
they're going to block the next one to the to your forehand. So we need to now start to spread the possibility. So now I want you to get your partner to push the ball mainly to your forehand, let's say 80% to the forehand and 20% to your backhand, and then react to that. So play your, your topspin off either the forehand or the backhand. And then you can do a similar thing with that fifth ball or, the, or their fourth ball for your fifth ball. Get them to block the ball 80% to your forehand and 20% to your backhand. And then you can start to now think about how you're going to get that closer and closer to a match situation. Start to think of the possibilities where eventually you're just playing um, a rally with a serve, you the server, um, serving it short and then trying to force the third ball and force the fifth ball attack um, uh, drill. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, if someone's really struggling with that conversion and they're always lifting that, so they, they lift the backspin ball, then it comes over the top spin, and then they lift that again and it goes off the end of the table. Um, are there any thought processes or any actions they can take to try and you know get used to yeah. coming over the ball more? Yeah. So I think initially um, a good one that I um, get players to do is to just try to hit that fifth ball into the net. It sounds, sounds silly. That sounds crazy, Alloys. It does. Yeah, I know. I knew you'd think it was silly, Jeff. But if you can just get them to, to try to hit the ball down into the net, then they'll um, they'll stop having the fear of hitting that ball down into the net and just start to get over the top of the ball. So the, the main thing is there that you're trying to get over the top, brush over the top of the ball rather than lift the ball. So you don't need to lift the ball at all because it's already got that uh, top spin on it from the block or the or the counter spin. So, um, yeah, so try that initially. Try to hit that fifth ball into the net if you're having the problem yeah. of li- lifting that ball too much. Awesome. All right. Great trill of the week. So, yeah, ping scores, get out on the table and uh, practice that conversion from backspin to top spin. Uh, it's a really important part of the game. Good one, Alice. Now it is time for the questions. And first up, we have one from Brian who wants to know about the forehand follow-through. He says, I've seen that in some of your videos, you when you complete a forehand, your follow-through should, should not go past the center line of the body. That's what we kind of say in our in our videos, Alois. He says, but I've seen videos of the top players bring their follow-through over their head and back a little, like Ma Long, after a really powerful shot. And is this fine for us to do after a strong shot, or should you try and stay with the normal follow-through? Yeah, sure, Brian. So, yeah, you do see some really weird and wonderful follow-throughs every now and then, uh, from the even from the top players. And that's basically because they're not quite in the right position or the balls really come onto them really fast. So, yeah, every now and then you will see a player finish up behind their head especially. And that's often when that ball has come at them really fast and they haven't had time to react. Um, and basically... They're, they're trying to not put too much forward momentum on the ball and they're just going straight upwards with their with their stroke so that they're not getting forward momentum and, and hitting that ball off the end of the table. So um, it is something that happens, but it's not something that you need to necessarily practice. It is something that you will adjust to and, and, um, and adapt to um, depending on the speed of the ball that comes at you. Yeah, and I guess the the reason we want you to finish up nice and high is so that you sort of maintain consistency. I think when you bring that uh, the swing across your body, 
it can become really inconsistent. Um, but I guess, Alice, sometimes you see people do that off a higher ball, sort of more bring their... Um, I guess they've got more room margin for error, but it's it's still a risky shot, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, your basic is that you want to finish that middle line, you know, around in front of your head. Uh, we talk about the right eyebrow as, as your baseline for your forehand topspin. Um, and, of course, there will be subtle variations depending on the ball that's coming to you. But um, and, and including the one behind the head when you when you're caught short of time. But uh, but practice that basic one. Practice the one that um, will give you the most consistency initially. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, good question, Brian. And hopefully that uh, helps you out and answers your question. Next up is one from Arjun, who says, "Why do players like Lin Gao Yuan serve long with side spin without a surprise and players?" often find it difficult to handle. Yeah. So, um, this I put down to just the pressure that Lin Yuan or those top players put on you with their next ball. So, for example, if um, uh, if a, you know, a, a club player just serves long to um, Timo Boll, for example, um, Boll is just going to whip that away, you know, nine... 99.9% of the time. But if he's playing that ball to Lin Yuan, he knows that it has to be a good ball. He can't just put it onto the table and win the point. It needs to be a good quality topspin off that long serve. So that puts a little bit more pressure on you to make that uh, topspin better, place it perfectly, um, and even just vary it enough to, to make it difficult for Lin Yuan because if you don't, Lin Yuan is just going to come in and crack that third ball for a winner at you. So it's just that accumulated pressure that you're putting by um, by how good you are with your third ball, and that's what Lin Yuan does. So as a club player, though, I don't want you to just go out and think, oh, well, Lin Yuan just serves long sometimes. Um, that's okay. I'm just going to serve long and um, and – and try to crack the next one for a winner. Uh, keep keep the pressure on them by you serving short 80% of the time and then trying to make the first attack. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And even even someone as good as Lin Gao Yuan, I think that, you know, by mixing up the serves, um, you know, making that fast one as much as surprise as possible is still advantageous for them. Yeah, that's right. He's not just going out and serving long to bowl every single ball because bowl will start to get onto them and be able to pick his positions and speed and and uh, and be all over him. Yeah, yeah. but um, good to see you analysing the game, Arjun. Um, it's a great way to help improve your own game by studying what other players are doing. So, yeah, keep up that inquisitive nature. All right, next up is a question from Dib who says, lately I've been watching a lot of the top players and one thing I noticed and it made me rather curious and excited was the way they gasp or make certain noises when they train their loop off block and their backhand loop as well. It was rather funny and made me think if this could be used by amateur players such as myself. Yeah, Dib. So interestingly, they tend to do it more in a practice situation. So in practice, they tend to do that well there's a few there's a few theories or thoughts with it so one is as um, it helps their timing so by um, making a noise and 
and um, coinciding that with the with the contact time uh, point, it actually helps them to time that ball a little bit better. So that's one um, thought. Another thought is just the exhalation um, helps you with your um, with your effort. So just by exhaling um, loudly, it helps with uh, being able to generate a little bit more power or speed. Um, so yeah, so there's there's a couple of theories and and. In in tennis, we see it often, don't we? But yeah, we see especially it a, women's tennis. Um, yeah, yeah, and we see it in a match more, don't we? There, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, and um, like loud screaming. Some some people think it's really off putting, and uh, and maybe they even need rules to stop it. But that's just some people's thoughts. Yeah, but um, yeah, so that's that's the theory of why players do that, especially in in training in table tennis. So um, yeah, do you reckon people should try um, like exhaling as they hit the ball? Give it a try. Give it a try. But if it's something that you're not going to do in a match situation, then, yeah, it's probably not much point to it. True. Yeah. But if, I mean, if, if initially perhaps it helps you with your timing, um, then, you know, you can try it. Um, but then quieten up a bit after that. <laughs> quieten up. Don't annoy your friends too much. <laughs> uh, very good. All right, Alois. Well, um, that that wraps up show three hundred and one, and what a big show it was with those excellent jokes, um, those birthdays, the competition winners, the tournament wrap, and all the questions. Hope everyone out there enjoyed the show. Make sure you go to pingskills.com to uh, check out the website and keep up to date with everything Ping Skills. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey. And I know five people that will definitely enjoy this show. Thomas Frick, Cole Hetzel, Christoph Kazmierski, and Gary Jacobs and Ruth Dithmar. Five winners. Well done. A Ping Seals t-shirt coming your way. All right. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you again shortly. Bye.